I see a lot of myself in him. I was jealous and even scared of his success for a time. JD and I were adjacent to one another for almost a whole year before we actually had a decent conversation with each other. We took the same classes, rotated in the same lab, and made many of the same friends. But now that I work alongside him, I know that he is uniquely opinionated, introspective, and motivated. He has a wind to his back and a whole lot of potential. It was important to hear how a single comment made enough impact to solidify his trajectory in life, to hear how he wants to be more than just a scientist down the road, and to hear about the priority of initiative in his career. I hope this conversation is as informative to listen to as it was for me when I was with him in person. This is Science and Feelings. Yeah, I'm JD. I am a now second year grad student uh, at the University of Chicago. <laughs> I work in the lab of Dr. Callum Ross. Where Where are you from originally? Originally, I am from Redmond, Washington. Okay. Um, so a little bit outside of Seattle, home of Microsoft. Mm. Um, yeah, and the greatest place on earth. <laughs> Bold claims. But you didn't come straight from Seattle, right? So where have you been before coming to Chicago? Yeah, so I was in Redmond, the greater Redmond area, up until the end of high school. And then yeah. I went to uh, moved to Providence, Rhode Island uh, to uh, go to Brown University for undergrad. Uh, and then I came straight, straight here after that. Mm. Why did you go straight? I didn't have a compelling reason not to, um, <laughs> I guess is the way I would describe it. That's how I thought about it at the time. Yeah. Because like the reasons... The, you know, I, I would think about the reasons why people would take a year off. You know, it's like, well, are you sure you want to start your PhD? Like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure I want to go to graduate school. Are you afraid mm -hmm. of, like, burning out academically? Like, that's a huge one. Like, do you just, like, need a break to do something else before launching into school yeah. and classes again? Yeah. Uh, and I was, like, not concerned about that at all. Uh -huh. I, I, yeah, wanted to take more classes at Brown and just was, like, eager to get going on research and all those sorts of things. Okay. And... Uh, so then it just became, okay, uh, take a year off while why? Um, right. So, but you, yeah. so a part of that equation that I didn't hear was I know what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so I guess that fits, I mean, the way I would describe it is that I had a bit of a, I don't know, like trajectory. Uh, so through my undergraduate research, I met a lot of people involved, uh, in research at all levels. And I, I guess in my, at the end of my sophomore year, was first told about Callum's lab um, that early. Yeah, so that yeah that early. So it was so wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so that so you had the benefit of being made aware of the person you ended up with years before yeah, you even had to years. make yeah, make a well. decision. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. It's, it's been sounds like yeah. You know, which, over two years where the the concept of you joining 
Callum's lab was like gestating, right? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And also in that way, I mean, upon reflection, I think oftentimes this whole idea of a trajectory can be pretty, uh, potentially it, it can be, uh, I don't know if stifling is the word, but like, you know, people can, it can result in some tunnel vision. And so that was something okay. that I, I, I had to think about a lot was because it's, as soon as you start going down paths and you, you know, it's very easy to follow like the path of least resistance. And I think that's what this was for me. Um, would you, would you consider yeah. <laughs> continuing a science career, the path of least resistance? I think for me, yeah, I, I think that's given so my interesting. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's yeah. And, and it's a result of like the culmination of many different things, you know, getting involved in research initially, meeting these people, being around other students who were thinking about graduate school and where hmm. it became the norm and being around graduate students in the lab when I was doing my undergraduate research. Uh, yeah, such that it was. It's, it felt like the expectation. It felt like the easy thing to do. I've been thinking about explaining research in a particular way because I had mm. to do it when I was back at home this past weekend, yeah. which was I visited my grandparents and they were like, yeah. okay, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, and I had to like think for like 30 seconds. I was like, okay, how am I going to... Yeah, how do you start it off? How do I, how do I like whittle this down? <laughs> because I... Yeah, because communicating is difficult so so the challenge I'm, I'm 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 punching the challenge to you how would you describe your research as it currently exists to your grandmother i guess i would i and how i like to describe it is is i'm interested and my work gets at two main questions one okay. is how do our tongue and jaws move during feeding during chewing yeah and the second question is, how does the brain make that happen? Hmm. Okay. That's, so that's very good. That's yeah. That's, that's really kind of the highest the highest level. And and what what about that is exciting to you? Yeah, I mean, like I, I think I only need to say like how what does your tongue do when you chew? And. <laughs> And then you make everybody aware of their yeah, tongue. Yeah, well, in and that then moment. I'm sure you know you as everyone goes like, wait a minute, what does my tongue do like when I'm chewing? And then you sit there try to think about it. It's kind of hard to to tell, but it's doing something. Right. Uh, and I mean, the bottom line is, like, eating if you haven't heard is kind of important. Um, it's <laughs> have you heard the good news? The good yeah, word. Yeah, good word. <laughs> so I guess yeah. What's interesting to me is is. I mean, I've always been interested since I took, since I found out that neuroscience was a thing I could actually pursue my freshman mm -hmm. fall of undergrad when yeah. I took neuro one at this wonderful class at Brown. Um, I just, you know, it's like, it's mysteries, like true mysteries. And that, that's mm. what I think is um, consistently exciting about like doing neuroscience is, is just, I mean, there are, there are mysteries in, in all walks of science. I mean, that's unquestionable, sure. but there just seem to be a lot in the brain. <laughs> well, it's particularly nascent. Yeah, it right? is exactly. It's, it's exactly. It's 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 full of mysteries because I mean, if you want to make progress in physics today, you either have to launch a satellite, <laughs> a new satellite, yeah. which yeah, by the yeah. way just happened mm. uh, to date this podcast, <laughs> or accelerate two particles at each other yeah. at the speed of light. Yeah. <laughs> and costing trillions of dollars. And even then, there's no guarantee you'll figure something out. No, no. no. And you have no to collaborate with hundreds of yeah. other people. And, and I'm not going to say that neuroscience is like, 
in the era where two white men in a basement can just make a monumental discovery. I think we're past that point, yeah. but the brain is still so yeah. it's, 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 it's like, it's like a scientific probiotic. It's just full of yeah. stuff to dig into, you totally. know? So, yeah. And, and then also, you know, on the biomechanics side, like, I, I mean, I like understanding how things work. I think it's really cool to figure out how like biomechanical systems, how, how muscles and bones move. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and then also uh, the nature of my work is, is n incorporating new technologies. And that, that's also, I think probably the third and maybe even one of the most, uh, kind of core driving passions of my work is like, I like being on the cutting edge of, of like research techniques. And so mm -hmm. my research involves this technology called XROM, which stands for X-ray reconstruction of moving morphology. And so it's a mouthful okay. and it's basically, yeah, basic. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, essentially it's, it's a, it's a way of combining X-ray video, not just from one camera, but two cameras, uh, to look inside, uh, an animal or a creature and see how its bones are moving, uh, in oh, real time. Okay. Uh, so that's what, that's what XROM is. It's, it's, you can think of like, um, motion capture. In, in movies where you put a bunch of dots on somebody in a suit and they have a bunch of cameras. And so from, from those dots on their suit, those dots are in view in multiple cameras. They can then reconstruct how that person, whether it's you know, like Andy Serkis playing Gollum, is moving, or King Kong, you know, is, like, is moving in, th in three dimensions. Yeah. And so that's essentially what, we're, what, we're do, what we do, um, but with bones, but with X-ray cameras instead mm. of these, these external cameras. So X-ray is an example of a technology that allows you to be more precise yeah. in your measurements do you do you consider yourself a perfectionist mm. i consider myself to be a selective perfection perfectionist okay. what <laughs> yeah. the hell does that so, mean so, uh, <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's in the same vein as i consider myself to be selectively motivated um <laughs> okay uh, i think it means Not everything I do has to be perfect, but there are some things that I cannot stand to, to, to not be uh, exactly <laughs> the way I want them. Okay. Um, What's an example? Hmm. It doesn't have to be in science necessarily. Yeah. Is it like, oh, my bedspread has to be perfectly aligned in the morning or else my day is ruined? Or is it is it is it stuff like that? Or is it more things like... Oh, I'm going to stay up all night making sure that this paragraph flows perfectly yeah. or else I won't be able I think, to sleep. I think that's probably the, yeah, probably the best example is my writing. I think I'm, I'm a huge perfectionist in my writing and it's a, and it's a big issue. I think it's a big barrier for me because mm. I, I struggle to get words down on the page because I, I really don't like having a sentence that doesn't sound good that doesn't like work and flow and so oftentimes i and i'm trying i'm working on on getting past that the just you know sitting down and, and writing and putting words on the page yeah. and and yeah. then revising coming back and then making it work uh, and i'm working on you know being okay with it not flowing perfectly the first time yeah uh and it's that that is a work in progress uh, because I, <laughs> I have very recently sat in front of my computer for extended periods of time on one sentence, which is just <laughs> silly. It's a waste of time, you know? It's, 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 yeah. it's the, for, you know, it's writing well does take time. Um, but, yes. but I think that time definitely is spent, should be sent, 
spent in the in the workshopping in the in the revising stages not in the getting words down on paper getting ideas down on paper does that mean that yeah does that mean that you don't enjoy writing <laughs> uh i'm working on it um I, so no you don't like writing right now sometimes i like writing i like writing when when it's flowing out of me, <laughs> like uh, uh, when it's when it's working, when words and sentences <laughs> just fly out of my fingers into the. Um, and is that happening with science writing yet, or is it? Have you only found sometimes. that with with your other writing? Oh, I mean, I, I think I encounter the same issues in, in whenever I write, whether it's you know science or for music or, or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, do I do I not enjoy writing? Yeah, I enjoy writing in the sense that I like, I like it when I'm done. <laughs> I guess I, I think, I think, I think you'll find that a lot of writers say that exact same thing. Yeah, like the uh, process is, to be totally frank, I think a little excruciating for me, uh, uh, and that's and that's hard because writing is a big part of what we do. Um, but it but it's not the only part. Yeah, it's not the only part. And so what? So what? Yeah. I mean, what parts of science? What parts of science do you really enjoy doing? Is it? Right, writing is only one part of one part of science, which is communicating. Sure. Right. Do you like communicating in in other ways? Like, do you like teaching or talking yeah. or speaking yeah. or presenting? All of the above. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. I. One of one of my like yeah favorite parts of science is sharing it with other people, whether that be in the classroom, um, like TAing a class, um, or talking to people who have never had a conversation with a scientist before, which happened in, in Uber the other day. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Tell that story. What, what, oh. what happened? Well, so I was, yeah, this was, this was really funny. I was so in an Uber, uh, on the way to the airport and, uh, you know, just like small talk. Uh, I was chatting about, uh, what I, what I do. I think I started it out with, um, I'm like a graduate student, uh, doing neuroscience, I think was the, mm. the phrase I used. Okay. Um, and, and I said, kind of like the pitch I gave you, you know, I, I'm tackling the questions of how the jaw and tongue move during feeding and how does the brain control it. Yeah. Um, and so we were chatting for a few minutes about this. She was asking some questions. Uh, and it was uh, after a couple of minutes that she, she asked, wow, so, so that's science then. And whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It was totally I was caught off guard I mean it was it was not because like in asking that question I realized okay this is like a person who hasn't really engaged with science in meaningful ways probably because yeah. she hasn't had the opportunities and yeah and and I was and I you know responded of course yeah like this is science you know I consider myself a scientist you know, oh wow you know I haven't met one of those yeah I think it's, it's like a, it was just a reminder that it's you know we are, we're in these bubbles of varying sizes and hmm. no matter who you are you mainly talk to a lot of people who are like you and who know about the things you know about yeah. and it's easy to yeah. forget that there are like millions of different bubbles in this country and geographically isolated and socially isolated and just knowing that fact i think is essential yeah. So you feel like you feel like you're good at this. I think so. I think that's actually probably one of the it's funny you say that one of the most 
uh, core reasons to why I'm even here was the fact that sometime in my late sophomore year, maybe junior year of college, I had a conversation with Beth in which with Beth and she said, you know, JD, like you're pretty good at this. You're pretty good at like doing science. Um, How did that feel to hear? Oh, I, I remember just being like, oh, huh. Wow. <laughs> because it, I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's very often that you're told just point blank. You're good at something. I mean, it's oftentimes we maybe hear it in like, I don't know what comes to mind is like a flirtatious way from somebody who's interested trying to compliment you in some way. But like from, from a, you know, authority figure from someone who you like respect and who is, uh, just to say uh, the way she said it so matter of factly as if like, yeah, just so you know, like you're good at this. This isn't, you know, like, uh, and yeah, it's like flattering, but yeah, it was, it was very influential, you know? And, and I think that, that is what makes Beth, I think such a wonderful advisor and like a wonderful mentor is the fact that she doesn't hold back and just would tell people, yeah, you know, tell it to them straight. And, and it it has, yeah. Yeah. And like it, that like sticks with you when you get a compliment like that. And when it, and when it doesn't even feel like a compliment, but a matter of fact, (laughs) which is just like, yeah, Hmm. it's, yeah, it's definitely inspiring. And I think had I maybe not heard that, or I mean, maybe not in that one instance, but had I not had her support, I don't know. I don't know if I would have like realized that graduate school and like a PhD was something that I could do. Yeah. So that, that one statement changed your life. Totally. Totally. I find that a lot of scientists harbor self-doubt. I find that a lot of scientists are skeptical about their work and therefore are often, uh, over, uh, overemphasize, have overemphasized their self-criticality and therefore are more skeptical about, about their abilities. And in those moments, statements of and sources of validation from people yeah. in authority uh, positions, yeah. positions they mean a lot yeah and, totally. and honestly i think that you know if someone who had more self-esteem greater mm-hmm. self-confidence more of a drive heard those it may they wouldn't maybe wouldn't be as impactful hmm. um yeah. but there's there's some there's some part of this where yeah being told that being reassured that oh yeah. we're we're okay yeah we are good at this it's gonna be all right is is enormously powerful in those moments looking back mm. kind of at your career or your life kind of leading up to this moment what do you think was your biggest challenge? I think my my biggest challenge is an ongoing an ongoing thing, and that's just long term commitment. <laughs> it's kind of, okay. Oh yeah. boy, um, unpacking. Yeah, I think I just I have always been really excited about a lot of things, and mm. that is very much I feel like I feel fortunate about that. Um, I sure. think, I think I, I uh, yeah, I, I would much rather have that than, than not know what I'm excited about and not be excited about things. 
but um, being excited about a lot of different things. So like I was, you know, excited and, and am excited about film and like, you know, video editing and production. And I did a bunch of that in college yeah. and music and, and um, yeah. And then science when I got involved in research and, but then, yeah. but then also like a little bit of like philosophy and more humanity stuff. And so I think my challenge that it was present when I was deciding to apply to grad school and, and every day when I'm, I don't know, just figuring out how to spend my evenings uh, uh -huh. is like, how do I want to spend my time? <laughs> like given that in any one moment, there are like five things that I'm like deeply passionate about and feel like I need to be doing. Mm. Um, do, and do you feel like you have trouble sticking to one thing for a long period of time? I think because of what I was just describing about like being interested in a lot of things and not knowing how to balance, it's resulted in me just not being comfortable committing to something for a long time because mm -hmm. I just like the fear builds that there is something else that I care deeply about that I should be and could be spending more time doing and yeah. therefore I need to switch and do that and I need to ch make a change so that I can better, I don't know, be fulfilled <laughs> so I can better <laughs> live. Um, so in the future, would you say that you, you're imagining a future where you have a career that enables you outside of that career to do what you want to do? I mean, yeah, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> I'm certainly imagining that. I mean, I don't know. Because there's, there's a, there's another side to that, right? Which is my job is inherently fulfilling um, oh, totally. enough yeah, for yeah. me to completely commit myself to that and make an, an exact great change yeah. in the world because of my strongest commitment to that one ideal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's me. I mean, like, I don't know. So what's I, interesting I struggle, is, I struggle yeah. to, to envision. I've yet to hear of a job that sounds like it would. And I'm, of course, it's like you never know until you do it, right? <laughs> You know, but I just, yeah, I, I'm, cons I, I'm concerned, you know, that I, my interests and passions are very far flung. Yeah. Um, I care deeply about music and like musical theater yeah. and I care deeply about science communication and, you know, I'm trying to combine those, but like, but yeah. then I also care deeply about society and religion. So, it seems but then like, I also, yeah. but then I also care deeply about like eventually starting a family and like having kids and being present with my family. Yes. I mean, you, you yeah. said, you said earlier, yeah. like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. know whether, uh, just, committing to one thing or trying a bunch of stuff is, is the right way to do it. But it seems like you're, you definitely are leaning in a certain direction, right? Like you, yeah. you want to have a life where you, where things are varied, where you get fulfillment from lots of different areas of life, whether yeah. that's, creativity or whether that's science or whether that's family. Yeah. Uh, I think that's an amazing thing to show for. I don't think you should discount that yeah. in, in any way, <laughs> in absolutely any way. I think nowadays science is coming around to the reality that the pipeline is not as it was. And there's by necessity more diverse paths to success. I get, I'm just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like, I don't know, I feel a little guilty saying it, but I, I feel like I'm here 
from like a very like utilitarian perspective in the sense that the way I felt when deciding whether to go to grad school or not was do I want a PhD or not? Okay. I guess it was for me, it was more like, yeah, I'm happy doing this. Like I enjoy this. Yeah. Beth told me I'm good at this. Like, (laughs) okay, I'm happy doing this now. Mm -hmm. And, and like the, and what comes after the end was like the more important part, like, and doing this and like getting this degree will put me in a place that I want to be. Yeah. I think the answer is like, don't just plan long-term or don't just be in the moment, do both. Yeah. You should have a long-term plan. You should be aware of how you're feeling in the moment and say like, is this, is this feeling sustainable? Yeah. Right. That's huge. Because burnout is like a rampant issue in graduate school. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if the PhD will feel, it'll feel great getting yeah, a PhD if you're never going like, to get there. Yeah if, you're, yeah, if you're miserable, if you're like, you know, halfway through year one or year two, even like year three, and you're like, I dread going to work and like, I'm so unhappy, then the chances of you actually doing good work and, and finishing it dramatically decrease. Right. <laughs> and so at that point, you have a decision to make. You either yeah. need to figure out what's going wrong and change that. Yeah. Or... Uh, you need to leave. So, I mean, okay, so, like, in that line, mm-hmm. you've been through the ringer yeah. for yeah. the first year. What, Looking back, what would you tell yourself um, as, as a first year coming in? Be as open as possible with your advisors or potential advisors and yeah. faculty you interact with about, like, your goals and what you're interested in and how they see you fitting in and the expectations they have of you, whether it be in their lab or just of you as a graduate student in the department or in the program. Yeah. And just like being, yeah, like as candid as possible with them. I mean, like, hey, and I remember I was like, hey, I, yeah, I, to- I told Callum in one of the first few weeks, like, I want to stay on track. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, I want to make sure, you know, I feel like I'm coming in with momentum because I know kind of what I want to work on, but yeah. I definitely want to make sure I don't get bogged down what do you think I should do? And it was literally Mm -hmm. just like asking, having that conversation with him. And he was like super receptive. And he was like, and we chatted about a bunch of things um, that were like, and one of the first things he said was, well, having this conversation is a good first step. Ah. (laughs) And I think so. I think the kernel of that is digging even a little bit deeper is initiative. Yeah, totally. Take initiative. Yeah. Uh, I I had this weird relationship. I've I always had this weird relationship with initiative, and I, and I feel like I always think about checking in as like cheating, <laughs> right? Really? It's kind That's of fun. like That's it's kind fun. of like it's kind of like oh, like I need to figure out like how to do things on my own. Like I need to like independently like figure out the best way to do things, and like and like going straight to the professor and asking like what am I yeah. doing wrong no, feels like feel like yeah, feels no, no, like a shortcut. Sense. It's yeah, like it oh, feel like a shortcut. This is oh, a lot less. So this is a lot less work than doing it the other way. And then when you actually realize that oh, this is what smart people do. Oh, yeah. this is this is how you're actually supposed to do it. And yeah. actually, just like <laughs> you you suck you suck it up and you go ask the person you admit that you don't know something yeah. and you go and ask them and you talk to them and you take the initiative to say, fuck whatever, uh, like I think I should be doing. What should I actually, actually be doing? Yeah. Initiative and communication is key, especially when you're in a new environment, when you're interacting with new people and you're doing, in most cases, the hardest thing you've ever done. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. in yeah. an environment that's yeah, completely novel. So yeah. don't um, suffer in silence. Don't mm. suffer in silence. Don't don't suffer in silence. I think that's that's a great kernel of truth and advice. And yeah. I also think that's a great place to kind of leave it here. So JD, thank you so much for being on Science and Feelings. You're very welcome. <laughs>